Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Kiri Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Just a quick bit of housekeeping before I introduce today's special guest. I'm happy to announce my first book is now in print. The title is Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again, Fixing the Root Cause of Your Fatigue with Natural Treatments. I've discovered 14 root causes of fatigue. I like to call them the fatigue factors. And in this book, I explain eight of the 14. I've had some amazing feedback on how easy it is to read and understand. It's not full of technical doctory language like most books written by doctors are. And of course, the book also includes my own personal fatigue story, along with four other stories from real fatigue cases from my private practice. It's available in paperback and Kindle form, so if you'd like a copy, you can find it on Amazon or on my website, www.drkiri.com. That's it for our housekeeping, so let's get started. I am so very excited about this week's show because my special guest is someone that I greatly admire. Her name is Dr. Terry Walls. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Walls. Dr. Terry Walls is a board-certified internal medicine physician and a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa, where she teaches internal medicine residents and where she sees patients in a traumatic brain injury clinic and conducts clinical trials. She is also a patient with a chronic progressive neurological disorder. It's called secondary progressive multiple sclerosis. And this confined her to a tilt reclined wheelchair for four years. But Dr. Walls did not give up. Instead, she began reading the medical literature night after night, looking for her own answers about what drove disability in the setting of MS. She created new theories, which she then tested on herself which gave results that stunned her family, her physician, and herself. She got up and out of her wheelchair. She's now able to bicycle 18 miles. So grateful to have her life back, Dr. Walls has been committed to teaching both the medical community and the public about the power of intensive, directed nutrition to restore health and vitality. She has founded the Walls Foundation to support education and research about the impact of intensive directed nutrition coupled with exercise on multiple sclerosis and other chronic diseases. She is also the lead scientist for a funded clinical trial testing the effectiveness of the interventions she used so successfully on herself for others with secondary progressive MS. Dr. Walls earned her medical degree from the University of Iowa, and she is the author of The Walls Protocol, How I Beat Progressive MS Using Paleo Principles and Functional Medicine. Dr. Walls, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. 
Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Dr. Walls, when were you diagnosed with MS and what were your initial symptoms? So I was diagnosed in 2000, uh, but my initial symptoms uh, probably began in 1980. Uh, at that time, I was having episodes of uh, face pain uh, that would come and go and were frequently occurring with severe stress uh, and sleep deprivation. But in 2000, uh, I finally got diagnosed because I had developed weakness in my left leg and started having problems falling and stumbling. And so can you tell us a little bit more about the state of your health back in 2007 when you were first diagnosed? So um, I was di diagnosed with relapsing remitting in 2000. Uh, by 2003, I'd converted to secondary progressive MS and that's uh, the phase of the disease where there's no more spontaneous improvements or remissions. Uh, there is uh, just gradual decline. I'd taken uh, the uh, chemotherapy, Novantrone, uh, which I continued to decline. Uh, then I even tried that miracle drug, Tizabri, uh, did not help, continued to decline. Uh, by the summer of 2007, my belly and back muscles were so weak, I could not sit up in a regular chair more than five or 10 minutes. If I did, I was exhausted and had to be flat on my back for the rest of the day. I could walk short distances using two walking sticks, about like you know, 10, 20 feet. I um, was beginning to lose my keys and my phone. Uh, in fact, I had to replace my keys and phone several times that summer. Uh, and so I, I knew that I would not be able to work much longer. Uh, I'd probably be having to uh, go out on medical disability that coming year. And as a doctor, I, I would imagine that's quite devastating and also quite frustrating because you're a doctor and you want to help people and you want to help yourself. So can you tell us how did you come up with your protocol? Well, um, it, it, sort of, it, it was a, a long evolution. Um, when I was first diagnosed, I, I knew that within 10 years, half of people couldn't work and I was the main breadwinner for our family. So I sought out the best MS center I could find, which was the Cleveland Clinic. Saw their best people, took the newest drugs, treated my disease very aggressively in the conventional uh, standpoint. And it uh, steadily declined. Uh, when in three years I was in the wheelchair, uh, it looked to me that I was headed towards becoming bedridden and demented, and that traditional uh, approaches were not going to stop that. Uh, so, uh, it, uh, about that time, actually, uh, just before I hit the wheelchair, my neurology docs told me about Lauren Cordain and paleo diet. So after 20 years, I was a vegetarian. I went back to eating meat, uh, gave up all grains, all legumes, uh, and all dairy. And so that was a huge, huge change for my diet. Um, but I continued to slowly decline. I then started reading the uh, science and uh, started identifying studies uh, using vitamins and supplements that protected mouse brains. So I translated those mouse doses to human doses and realized that that was slowing my decline. Um, then in the summer of 2007, I discovered electrical stimulation of muscles, um, which I began. And I also discovered functional medicine, took their courses on uh, brain biology, had a longer list of vitamins and supplements that I added. Uh, and then at uh, the uh, fall, uh, November, I decided that I should uh, get not just vitamins and supplements, but I should take this long list and figure out where they were in the food supply and rechange my diet to emphasize those foods. So that was more research. 
Uh, and that by the end of December, I had sorted out what the foods I needed to really stress. And that really eventually becomes what I now call the Walls Diet. Uh, and it was when I changed from just relying on supplements to re really focusing on getting the nutrition through food that the magic began. Uh, within three months of this dietary change, which is really a much more structured paleo kind of diet, uh, my fatigue disappeared. I was able to stop provigil medicine I'd needed for five years for MS-related fatigue. And I was able to start walking through the hospital, first with a cane, then without a cane. Uh, then at six months, I got on my bike and pedaled around the block. Uh, and then at one year, I did a 18-mile uh, bicycle tour with my family. So th this, it, it was a long evolution of experimentation, uh, probably beginning in 2002. Uh, in 2007, it was a very intensive reorganization of my thinking about um, diet and brain uh, by combining functional medicine, food as medicine, and uh, paleo principles to come up with uh, the protocol that I now call uh, the Walls Protocol. So one of the things that I, I talk with my patients about a lot is the paleo diet. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I'm explaining when I'm explaining it to them, they kind of get a deer in the headlights look because it's it's not the easiest thing to do. But when we when we use our food as our medicine instead of relying so much on supplements, I always find that that's really where the rubber hits the road. Is when a patient really changes their diet and uses their food as your medicine. And I love that you talk about that. Dr. Walls, in your book, you talk a lot about mitochondria too. So can you explain to our listeners what the mitochondria are? Oh, sure. Uh, well, we're gonna go back about a billion and a half years ago. Uh, the oxygen content on the atmosphere rises enough that this oxygen kills off large, large parts of life. We think maybe 90% uh, of bacterial life. But some of these bacteria were able to use this oxygen to generate um, ATP, or adenosine triphosphate, from sugar much more easily. That uh, gave that bacteria a big advantage. Uh, larger bacteria engulfed these little uh, bacteria that could use oxygen. And they developed a very happy cooperative relationship and would evolve into a multicellular organism and then into animals that could move and then of course eventually into mammals and primates and us. Now essentially all of our cells rely on these little ancient bacteria that are now our mitochondria to generate ATP from the food we eat more efficiently and that, that ATP is what our cells will use the chemical reactions involved in thinking, growing, repair, everything that our, our cells need to do. So in order to be healthy, you have to have healthy cells. In order to have healthy cells, you need to have healthy, vibrant mitochondria. And so when I was designing my uh, nutritional interventions, I was focused on uh, creating a, a protocol that would uh, maximize the repair and function of mitochondria and then the repair and function of your brain cells. That turns out that kind of uh, food cocktail is probably the most powerful intervention that I have for all of my patients in my clinics, uh, whether they have a mental health problem, a neurological problem, 
or you know a general medical problem like obesity, diabetes, heart disease. So again, to recap for our listeners, the mitochondria are like little nuclear power plants within each and every cell of your body. Their job is to make pure energy, and that energy is what drives your body, keeps your heart beating, keeps your muscles working, keeps your brain working, your ability to digest. Every single function in your body is driven by the mitochondria. And a lot of our listeners probably don't know that in the research, the mitochondria are a very hot topic and, and being heavily researched right now because what we're finding is a lot of chronic diseases uh, have to do with the health or lack of health of the mitochondria. So Dr. Walls, can you tell us why do the mitochondria make such a difference to people with MS? In MS, your brain is shrinking, getting smaller and smaller. Uh, it's called atrophy. Uh, and part of the reason that's happening is that the mitochondria, when they get strained, um, they can send signals to the cell uh, that make the cell less and less active and finally uh, tells the cell to die. Uh, the mitochondria get strained because they don't have the proper building blocks or they've been poisoned by things like lead, mercury, arsenic, pesticides, solvents, plastics. Uh, and so for the brain cell to really thrive, uh, you got to have these healthy mitochondria. Uh, and what science is figuring out in, in the animal models, and now we're seeing it in the, in the human aspects of diseases, is that every one of our neurological disorders that are progressive, that show the brain getting smaller, and MS is one of them, that the mitochondria are not working well, they're generating too many free radicals, they are generating too many early to die signals uh, causing uh, cell death or apoptosis. Dr. Wells, how many people have MS in North America? You know, um, so when I went to medical school, the number was thrown around was 400,000. Uh, now I've seen some sites that have increased that number to 800,000. Uh, I, I would also say that when I went to medical school, you know, I'm, I'm an old geezer, I'm uh, 58, soon to be 59. Uh, MS. Uh, was diagnosed in the 20s, 30s, more often in the 40s. Uh, now the age of diagnosis is younger, in part because of the MRIs, but people are becoming symptomatic as children, uh, and there are children as young as five and six that have been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Um, so the frequency is increasing, and the age of onset for symptoms and diagnosis is steadily decreasing. Wow. Can you tell us about what are some of the other causes of MS? You've talked a little bit about problems with the mitochondria. You mentioned heavy metals that can throw a wrench into the mitochondrial sequence. What are some of the other causes of MS? So uh, I'm going to take this two ways. One, the conventional medicine, what we got taught in medical school, is that you have a genetic predisposition. You probably have an infection sometime in your youth. Uh, as a teenager or preteen, uh, you don't properly clear that infection, and instead you begin attacking yourself, your myelin. We don't exactly know why, but it has to do with a genetic predisposition, an infection, and unknown environmental factors. Uh, and the best treatment is, of course, uh, a drug that makes your immune cells not work very well. The functional medicine perspective says, yep, there are genes that increase your risk. Um, but there are also environmental factors that appear to increase your risk. Uh, chronic infections that aren't cleared is one of them. Uh, heavy 
increased levels of toxins, uh, plastic solvents, heavy metals uh, is one. Uh, nutritional deficiencies, uh, inadequate nutrition is one. Food sensitivities, uh, particularly to gluten, uh, uh, the protein wheat, rye, barley, and to the dairy protein, casein, uh, is another factor that's present and very commonly not recognized. And the uh, Alessio Fasano, uh, uh, a wonderful researcher looking at leaky gut issues, uh, has some terrific papers out saying that the development of a leaky gut, uh, overgrowth of uh, yeast and uh, sugar-loving bacteria in the bowel uh, lead to the development of uh, food sensitivities, increased inflammation, and he thinks that is actually the very first step for every autoimmune condition. So the functional medicine approach is let's address all these environmental factors, get them uh, pointed away from disease-promoting back towards a health-promoting uh, aspect of your life. And we anticipate that your symptoms of MS and whatever autoimmune condition you have will steadily improve over time. And that's certainly what I observe in my clinics and in my clinical trial, and of course in myself. And Dr. Wiles, probably you're in love with functional medicine just as much as I am. You mentioned Dr. Fasano and his, his research into different um, the, the triggers of autoimmune disease. So for our listeners out there, what I want you to understand is no matter what your diagnosis is, uh, no matter what autoimmune disease you might have, you should have hope because there is always an underlying reason for why that is happening. And that's one of the that's one of the beautiful things about functional medicine is that we're really trained to try and figure out what are those underlying triggers. So you had mentioned food sensitivities, you had mentioned heavy metals, leaky gut, and of course you're letting your food be your medicine. So if you're eating foods that are not good for your body, I like to call them eating uh, food enemies that uh, will will cause your health to steadily decline. Dr. Wall, can you explain to our patients, are there different types of MS? Sure, um, the MS is now classified into uh, several types. 80% of people who are diagnosed will have what we call the relapsing remitting type. You have an acute worsening of symptoms, your body adapts, finds new ways of transmitting the information using sodium channels. Uh, and things improve, that's called the remission. So relapsing remitting. Over time, the vast majority of relapsing remitters will convert to secondary progressive MS. Now there's no more spontaneous remissions, there's just this steady decline. The thinking now is that that's probably on the basis of neurodegeneration and mitochondrial dysfunction. So the mitochondria are strained and struggling. That's what leads to the progressive phase. There are some people who never have uh, acute worsening, they just have a gradual decline the whole time, and they're called primary progressive. And right now there are no drug treatments that stop uh, the decline of primary progressive. And, and, and I'm not surprised because most of the drug treatments are focused on stopping inflammation and acute uh, episodes, uh, and of course that's not what's driving the progression, what's driving the progression is the mitochondrial dysfunction. And then there are a few people who have benign disease uh, and appear to not have uh, very much activity and do extremely well. And it comes out about 10% will have primary progressive, 
10% will have this very benign disease. 80% uh, will have secondary progressive. And of the sec, pardon me, 80% will have relapsing remitting. And in that relapsing remitting group, if you have the disease long enough, uh, nearly everyone, about 80%, will convert over to secondary progressive usually within 20 to 30 years. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your the clinical trial that you have running? Oh, sure. You actually have several trials underway. The first trial we did, a uh, pilot study that looked at using everything that I used in my recovery. So that trial looks at uh, uh, the Walls diet. Uh, we had some targeted vitamins and supplements. Uh, we taught people how to do uh, stress-reducing activities. Uh, gave them an exercise program to match their level of, of disability and ability, and trained them on using electrical stimulation of muscles. Uh, and we, uh, because this is such a radically new thing, we had permission to do 10 people first, give a safety report uh, showing uh, what kind of harm, what kind of benefit we had, and then had permission to do the second 10. So we have our first paper out describing the protocol and uh, the results of the first 10. Uh, which showed a fatigue uh, severity reduction uh, from a baseline of 5.7 down to 3.32. Uh, and so the overall benefit there was uh, 2.38 on a 7-point scale. Now, by comparison, the best drug studies that we could find show a 0.75, and the exercise studies show a 0.6, so just a little bit of help. Our improvement of 2.38 uh, is the largest improvement uh, in fatigue that's been reported to date. Uh, and we have more papers under review that include the uh, full 20 that have gone through. We have other studies that are going on, one that's looking at exercise and e-stem alone, uh, and two other studies looking at uh, a, uh, the Walls diet um, uh, versus a control. And those studies are in progress. We'll be writing those up probably this winter and getting them out for review. Again, very exciting, very positive results. Uh, we've continued to write grants. I have a couple grants that are out under review. And I am I have another protocol that we're working on and submitting uh, to our internal uh, institutional review board uh, to review uh, and approve so we could start another trial, hopefully this winter. So clearly you are a very busy doctor, Dr. Walls. You are changing the treatment paradigm of MS. I'm, I'm changing the conversations that neurology is uh, needing to have, uh, in part because of the TED Talk, because of my book, because I'm doing all these interviews. I'm sure patients are coming in saying, what about food? What about that doctor out there in Iowa who turned things around using food? Uh, and that's very exciting. I'm hearing from many neurologists are now telling me that they, they bought my book, they have lots of the copies in their office, and when people are diagnosed with MS, they're giving them a copy of the book. And that's uh, very exciting. So getting back to food, you talked a little bit about the Walls diet. Now, would the Walls diet help people with other kinds of brain problems or other types of autoimmune problems or any other kind of health issues? Well, um, so I invite uh, the audience, uh, you can check on my webpage, uh, terrywalls.com, uh, under resources, the success stories. We have hundreds of people who've written in to tell us uh, about their success. Of course, lots of people with MS, including pr even primary progressive MS, uh, Parkinson's, mental health problems, early cognitive decline, 
many types of autoimmune conditions like inflammatory bowel disease, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, skin disorders, and of course many autoimmune disorders that I've never even heard of. Um, uh, type 2 diabetes, type 1 diabetes, um, uh, a lot of kids issues, uh, as I said inflammatory bowel disease, RA, lupus, scleroderma, uh, psoriasis. Uh, and in my clinics, uh, I, I take care of people with traumatic brain injury and I find uh, my dietary and lifestyle approach to be very helpful for traumatic brain injury, PTSD, mental health issues. Um, we also have a therapeutic lifestyle clinic uh, that I run and we see people, uh, and the simple requirement is you have to have a mental health problem or a medical problem and uh, want to use diet and lifestyle to treat your illness. Uh, and so. We've seen people come in with um, a wide variety of autoimmune problems, often with two autoimmune diagnoses, who do very, very well uh, at reducing their symptoms, reducing their medication load. Uh, and I've I had success with being able to wean people off their disease-modifying drugs uh, on many, many occasions. It's just amazing. You have given so many of our listeners so much hope. Dr. Walls, how long does it take for someone to start noticing the difference once they start the WALS diet or the protocol? Well, uh, a couple things we have to stress is you need to count from the time you're 100% on the program. 90% and having cheat days, you know, if you, if you only do it part way, you're continuing the inflammation. If you have a cheat day, you're continuing the inflammation and, and you're, it'll take you about a year and a half to counteract uh, uh, cheat days in incomplete implementation of the protocol. So once you're there at 100%, particularly the dietary aspect, uh, your body uh, will begin to heal. Uh, you'll have an increased clearance of toxins. Uh, so the first week up to the first month, uh, you may actually feel more headache, more fatigue, more malaise. You may think I'm the doctor from hell. Um, if you hang in there, uh, uh, and typically during the second week, your uh, energy improves, the headaches and malaise uh, diminishes, and uh, the first kinds of symptoms that typically people are noticing is improved mental clarity, uh, improved uh, mood stability, less irritability, improved energy, and steadily less fatigue. Uh, when I bring my uh, folks back in three months, uh, it, you know, it's, it's uh, pretty funny. The guys are coming in very pleased, very excited because their love life is better uh, and their uh, mood is better and their energy is better. But the first thing they want to announce is, Doc, you're right, my love life is better. I am so much happier. Uh, and the ladies come back. Uh, the first thing they want to tell me is, you know, the weight's falling off. I'm not hungry. I can't get another fork full of food into my mouth. It's the best I've felt in years, uh, sometimes decades. So I find it sort of interesting that there seems to be a gender difference in terms of what people will report, although uh, for both I'm sure fatigue is getting better, ment uh, mental clarity is improving, they typically see that within three months. Uh, and then uh, if you're a diabetic, the uh, needs for your diabetic medication uh, will change pretty rapidly as your sugars come down. So I have to work with uh, adjusting the insulin down, adjusting the diabetic meds down, uh, and uh, often the blood pressure meds down as the sugars and blood pressures normalize. And depending on the person, that can be over a matter of weeks or uh, a matter of months. And uh, if you stay with the program over three years, the uh, medications needed uh, steadily decline. 
Uh, and we've seen people uh, have their medication list go from many uh, down to zero. But you know, that, that requires a discipline of really implementing the program fully. Uh, these intermittent cheat days slow down the recovery, recovery greatly. It's just amazing everything that you described, all of the hope that people can have. And, and like you said, really, in order to get the, the best outcome, that you really do have to implement the diet 100%. No more cheat days. And I know that can be really scary for people, but, <clears throat> but it's a hurdle that has to be overcome in order to really make the most progress with your health. The most progress, the most rapid progress. Yeah. In my clinics, I uh, the way I pitch it to uh, my patients, and I see veterans. I don't have a private practice, so uh, just the veterans. I uh, will tell, will review the constellation of symptoms. I think could be helped, and I propose that they schedule a self-experiment for a hundred days. So now you sort of work with your family, pick out the time you're going to start, and uh, map out just a little over three months to do this. And when you do it, do your experiment with quality. So you want to be sure that you're doing it at 100%. And at the end of the three months, then you can try reintroducing uh, foods that you're missing one at a time, see what your reactions are. And then you decide what you're going to sustain. And you're welcome to come back and talk with me and have, have me coach you through this or do it on your own. But if, if I explain to people, this is an experiment that they will do, they're in control, they decide when to do it, and uh, at the end, it will be them that decide what type of diet they want to sustain. Now that is mentally a very different proposition than I'm going to do this the rest of my life. That's harder to face, but you know, an experiment, you know, I'll, I'll see how this goes and I'll decide if it's worth it, that feels much more comfortable. And I'm much more successful at getting people uh, to have the family buy-in, try it out. And then at the end of three months, I'd say most often folks come back and say, nope, I'm not bothering with the test. I, I feel so much better. This is what we're doing. Some people need to do the test and uh, see what their reactions are and then sort out what foods they can uh, resume and what foods they yeah, just don't miss anymore. Dr. Wells, we're starting to run short on time. So how can our audience find out more about you, about your book, your website? You have a Facebook page. Tell us everything. Sure. So my uh, web is uh, terrywalls.com, T-E-R-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S.com. Uh, if you go there, you'll see links to my book, uh, The Walls Protocol. I have it in audiobook, Kindle, hardback, uh, paperback will come out uh, in the end of December. Uh, if you go to the uh, shop page, we have uh, a membership site where we offer more more support, lectures, coaching. We have a 30-day quick start um, uh, where you get uh, a month's worth of menus, more coaching calls, and a community to interact with. And I have a partnership with Pete's Paleo that actually has the food. So you could order the food, have it shipped to you, uh, I think anywhere in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, so there's lots of resources to help you get going. Uh, I have a Twitter account, uh, Terry Walls, uh, and I have a Facebook, uh, Terry Walls MD. Uh, so follow me there. I have uh, uh, 40,000 uh, Facebook fans. Uh, we put out lots of information, lots of commentary there. Um, and again, the membership sites and coaching programs for those who want to do this. 
uh, I'd also encourage people to get on my mailing list uh, so they can hear when we have online uh, coaching programs available. Uh, they will also hear when we uh, when I've scheduled in-person seminars, events. We just had one and had people coming from uh, a lot of folks from Canada, all over the U.S. I had people from as far as away as Dubai. And that was a, a great conference. I'm planning on having another live seminar sometime uh, this spring of 2015. So, Dr. Wells, I'll make sure that all of those links are in the podcast show notes. Oh, great. So, Dr. Walls, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This was such an awesome interview. Thank you. I love talking food. <laughs> so do I. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Dr. Terry Walls. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.